Hi, Margo. Hi, Sonia. How are you? I'm good. Just, you know, Pride Month. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. What are we what are we talking about for this Pride Month break time? So this month I really wanted to do something about being queer in the Middle Ages. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, it can be really hard to find records, right, that talk about sexuality mm-hmm. or gender, right, because that's not necessarily being written down a lot of the time. And even in cases where it is potentially being written down, yeah. it can be difficult to know what exactly was going on yeah. basically gender norms and sexuality norms and ideas change and shift over time so like how do we put modern labels on people but exactly <laughs> but i in my searching found some very interesting stories of saints who lived outside of gender norms and who in a modern day lens would be viewed as trans sweet we actually have these series of saints from the kind of late antiquity, early Middle Ages, where a lot of the stories have women Mm -hmm. who choose to live as monks, which is significant given that, you know, they could have, in many cases, chosen to live as nuns, right? They could have still been in a a monastery or an abbey, right? As women, but they're choosing... To be monks, specifically. Exactly. So today, I wanted to share the story of St. Marina slash Marinos. Okay. So as with most of these stories, it's hard to date exactly. (laughs) Okay. We think that this is probably taking place in the 5th century. And this story is taking place in what would be modern day Lebanon. Okay. So what happens is... You have Marina, who was the child of wealthy Christian parents. She's assigned female at birth. Her mother dies when Marina was very young, and Marina was raised by her father, Eugenius. Okay. So as Marina approaches marriageable age, her father says, okay, once you get married, I'm going to go and join a monastery because I want to be a monk and devote my life to God. Right. And Marina says, uh, I don't want to get married. I would also like to devote my life to God. I have no interest in marriage. Right on. <laughs> right. So Marina says that she wants to go with her father to the monastery. And he says, well, how can we possibly do that? I'm a man. You're a woman. We can't <laughs> be in the same monastery. Yeah, And Marina says, no worries, I'm going to cut my hair, I will put on a monk's habit, and we can go together. So from here on out, I'm changing the name and pronouns, as because this is the point where Marina begins to go by Marinos. This is, this is where Marina transitions to Marinos. Yes, exactly. So the two of them go together to the Kadisha Valley of, again, modern-day Lebanon, to the monastery mm-hmm. of Kenobin. So once they get there, they are welcomed by the monks. They're happily accepted into the monastery. And Marinos and his father share a cell together and actually just live for these next 10 years as monks. Dope. 
just vibing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Munking out. So after 10 years of living together and sharing a cell, praying, fasting, worshiping, etc. together, Eugenius mm-hmm. died. So now Marinos was in the monastery and continued to live there as one of the monks and was an important part of the community. So at one right. point... After this death, the abbot actually sends Marinos with three other monks to go and attend to some business for the monastery. And on their travels, they have to stay in an inn. And this is where things get a little bit interesting. Because while they're on this journey, they are staying at the inn. And the innkeeper's Mm -hmm. daughter, unbeknownst to them, is assaulted by a traveling soldier. So that happens, and the soldier threatens her and says, don't tell anyone that I did this to you. Say that it was one of the monks. So the innkeeper's daughter goes back. She tells her father. She says, Brother Marinos did this to me, which, of course, is not possible for the physically possible exact crime that we are talking about here. (laughs) Right. But... Marinos, of course, does not want to out himself. So they all go back to the monastery and, you know, Marinos has to stand before the abbot and explain himself. He just says, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry, I sinned. So the abbot yeah. says, okay, um, you need to get out of here. You are not welcome in our community after assaulting this woman. So Marinos is left to be a beggar on the street with nothing. Canceled. Cancel culture <laughs> circa <laughs> 500. You attack one innkeeper's daughter and suddenly it's, we don't even know you anymore. So then what happens is poor Marinos <laughs> is left outside begging, fending for himself. Right. Innkeeper's daughter turns up several months later with a child and says, this is yours now. This is, here's your baby. Here's your baby. But Marinos says, you know what? Okay, this is my child now. I'm taking care of this baby. So he goes. Marinos is a mensch, honestly. I would be like, girl, <laughs> you do not talk to me ever again. <laughs> I'd be so pissed. <laughs> But again, Marinos is a saint, Margo. You know? That's true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, so he takes the baby, he goes into the kind of countryside, lives mm-hmm. amongst shepherds. The shepherds give the baby some of the sheep's milk to drink, and basically that's what happens for about 10 years, give or take. Marinos and the unnamed child just live together in the countryside. And by all accounts, it's a, it's quite a nice little life they have together. But then, you know, eventually the, the monks start saying, you know, we should, we should probably let Marinos come back. Like he's, he's lived as a, you know, wandering beggar in the area long enough. He's clearly doing a good job raising the child like maybe we should we we should allow some reconciliation here it's time for his netflix special exactly so the abbot says fine marinos you can come back 
but now you have to do all the all the yucky jobs. You don't get to do like the nice sitting inside jobs. You have to like carry water and dig mm-hmm. the gardens and do that sort of thing as right. part of as part of your penance. But then this this goes on and you know things are fine. Reynos lives there, the child lives there. It's all good. But then at about the age of 40, he gets very ill and within 3 days is dead. Now, of course, at Brutal. this point, yeah, I mean, it was the 6th century. <laughs> so if you got sick, there wasn't a whole lot they could do for certain illnesses. <laughs> yeah. But then, of course, when they go to prepare the body for burial, the monks realize, oh, it's literally impossible for Marinos to have fathered <laughs> this child. And this we child. have been punishing this poor man for years and years for something mm-hmm. that literally wasn't possible for him to do. And yet he took it all in stride and like took care of this child, made the best of it. Yeah. Patron saint of making do. Exactly. (laughs) At this point, even the abbot, all the monks, they are just sort of gathering around the bedside, weeping uncontrollably at the horrible way that they had treated Marinos. Poor Marinos. And then they even sent for the innkeeper to say, hey, just so you know. Your daughter's a liar. (laughs) And... In some versions of the tale, there are actually demons go and harass the soldier and the innkeeper's daughter until they go to the monastery and go and ask Marinos for forgiveness, sort of like at at the the grave site. And since then, there had been, you know, lots of miracle stories that have cropped up over time about people being healed when they go to the the okay. relics of Marinos and he is venerated in the Catholic Church, the Eastern Orthodox Church, the Coptic Church and the Episcopalian Church. So you heard it here first, Jill. Catholic Church says trans rights. Exactly. Well, and I, I think this is sort of something I wanted to get at with these stories, right, is that a lot of the time we forget how the the way people think about this is very different to how things would have been seen historically, right? Like notice yeah. that in the story, no one's mad at Marinos. They're yeah. all mad at themselves for <laughs> treating him badly. In this instance, there's no like, Oh, how dare you? How could you have done this? It's, Oh, we made a mistake what a great yeah. guy shouldn't have <laughs> we shouldn't have kicked him out but that's yeah. the extent of it right and there are you know a lot of other stories like this from saints such as anastasia the patrician you have uh saint anna slash euphemianos um there's apollinaris syncletica it, it's this idea that there's th- this idea that being trans is like a new thing just yeah. isn't true. Yeah. Or that the church like has exclusively condemned any sort of like nonconformity when obviously that's not true either. Exactly. And we tend to think like, oh, 
traditionally there were these really <laughs> strict, right? Like men were men and women were women and there was never any overlap and there was no gender nonconformity or anything like that. And it's like, that's just not the case. If anything, I think that things were probably, were like much more fluid than we think of them as today because there were just fewer people that you were encountering like you would just be like I think when there's not constant information being streamed at you telling you that everyone around you has to be a certain way it's a lot easier to just be like oh yeah that person does this thing and we've known them since they were born so I guess that's that's what's happening now. And then you just like sort of roll with it in a lot of ways. Yeah, and so. I think it also is this issue of we see progress, you know, quote unquote, as this like linear mm-hmm. thing. Like, oh, well, linear, in yeah. the 20th century, you know, especially like early 20th century, very, very harsh treatment of queer people mm-hmm. in general, right? Mm-hmm. So that means anything before yeah. then must have been even worse. Even and worse. And it's like... Not necessarily. And it really varies from time and space. And I don't know. I just thought this was a nice little reminder that have always been people. People have always existed in many ways and shapes and forms and identities. And I think that that's nice to remember during Pride Month. Yeah, definitely. Well, so uh, thanks for taking a break with Bobby Yaga and have a happy Pride. And we'll see you next time. Bye! This Baba Yaga break time was brought to you by Patreon supporters just like you. Follow us at Baba Yaga Project on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.